I am sure that one time in your life when you were a child, you had experienced moments of deep happiness, a kind of happiness of innocence, just the joy of being alive, with all the life in front of you. When we practice meditation, sometimes we get in touch into this child, into this happiness, where we are always ready to learn something, where the learning we get from everything brings us a kind of happiness that is fresh and innocent. That will be a good approach for us with our meditation, just to remember that life is not that complicated. Suppose you were a child and you were living in this area close to the Gaston Pond. And then in the weekend, very often students from the medical school will come and with their knife they will try to cut the lotus leaves in the pond. So you may think, oh, that's funny, that's interesting. I may be interested to become a surgeon. So you go to your mother in the kitchen and you ask her for a knife. And of course, she wants you to not harm yourself and she gives you a butter knife. (laughs) Very round and harmless. So with your butter knife, you go back to the Gaston Pond and then you try to play with the lotus leaves. But you may not be as successful as you were expecting. What is the reason? Is the knife is not sharp enough. It cannot cut precisely these leaves. So either you change a knife or you sharpen it a little bit. So in one of the questions that were there yesterday, after before yesterday, then somebody made the comment that uh, the practice of vipassana after a very concentrated absorption state, is a very different experience. So this is a comment of somebody who has 
practice some samatha meditation and then by having experience concentrated or a little bit more concentrated state of mind then the quality of the mind is sharper so this is the purpose of samatha meditation to sharpen the mind There was also another question here that I will read to you. I am noticing that little things can still stir up the mind into judgment or irritation. This happens at the eye door, but it's more at the mind door. Should one put on blinders? Or is there another proactive way to overcome this? Well, you wait, you, we, you, we may try with bland, blinders, but the problem is that we don't have blinders for the mind. So what to do? Of course we could go and consult a psychiatrist, but we may be better off trying to find out what is the problem ourselves. And uh, then now I will quote a text that you probably know, but nevertheless, it may take a different uh, perspective when you hear that in the meditation. Dependent on the eye and forms, eye consciousness arises. The meeting of the three is contact. With contact as condition, there is feeling. What one feels, that one perceives. What one perceives, that one thinks about. What one thinks about, that one mentally proliferates. With what one has mentally proliferated as the source, perceptions and notions born of mental prolification beset the man with respect to past, future and present forms cognizable through the eye. So this is pointing out to the source of mental proliferation.
Another text similar to that tells us, because when one knows and sees the eye as it really is, when one knows and sees forms as they really are, when one knows and sees high consciousness as it actually is, when one knows and sees eye contact as it actually is, when one knows and sees as it actually is the feeling felt as pleasant or painful or neither painful nor pleasant that arises with eye contact as condition, then one is not inflamed by lust for the eye, for form, for eye consciousness, for eye contact, for the feeling felt as pleasant or painful or neither painful nor pleasant that arises with eye contact as condition. The result of that is that one's bodily and mental troubles are abandoned. One's bodily and mental torments are abandoned. One's bodily and mental fevers are abandoned. And one experiences bodily and mental pleasure. Here we are talking about the source. We are talking about the experience, not limited only to one aspect, but to the whole process of it. The following statement tells us the view of a person such as this is right view. His intention is right intention. His effort is right effort. His mindfulness is right mindfulness. His concentration is right concentration, etc. Thus, this noble eightfold path comes to be fulfilled in him by development. When he develops this noble eightfold path, the four foundations of mindfulness also come to fulfillment in him by development. And then all the rest of the uh, Buddhist uh, explanations of the path. These two things, serenity and insight, occur in him yoked evenly together. And then he fully understands by direct knowledge those things that should be fully understood by direct knowledge. And then he abandons by direct knowledge those things that should be abandoned by direct knowledge. He develops by direct knowledge those things that should be developed by direct knowledge. He realizes by direct knowledge those things that should be realized by direct knowledge. So we have four things here, understanding, abandoning, developing, realizing. 
what has to be fully understood? The five aggregates affected by clinging. That is our body and mind. What are the things to be abandoned? Ignorance and craving for being. What will be developed? Serenity and insight. What should be realized? Knowledge and deliverance. So we see here a type of surgery that is very specific. So if we have a very sharp knife and we don't know what to do or how to use it properly, it can be harmful. Did we see here that the eye is a problem? Shall we remove the eye? Did we see here that the forms are a problem? We should abandon or not see forms? Is the contact a problem? Is the consciousness a problem? Consciousness a problem? Is the feeling a problem? The problem is not there. These have not these don't need to be cut off. They need to be understood. What needs to be cut off is the tumor. Speaking about the eye, it may be the cataract. What is that? It is ignorance and craving that is arising in regard to these physical and mental phenomena. This is our attitude. So the closer we look at the experience, the more knowledgeable and precise we come to understand the real problem. With that understanding, we come to know what we should do, what we should abandon, and also what we should develop, and eventually what we have to realize. So we have seen also the four modes of mindfulness. So this type of rather close observation deals with analytical, analytical knowledge. 
So when meditation is deep enough, we can have these insights. But also, we can remember that we can change the mode whenever it is necessary. <laughs>